And welcome into Dog Central on a Thursday evening. I'm Graham Coffee. That's Josh Hancher. That is John Smith. You can follow all of us at the uh, social media addresses listed on your screen. Gentlemen, it is Auburn Week, D South's oldest rivalry. Lots of angst in Bulldog Nation. Uh, lots of angst in War Tiger uh, Nation as well as they look to find a way to leave Brian Harson on the side of the road, both metaphorically and literally. Uh, how are we feeling, guys? 29-point favorites coming off of this sketchy game at Missouri. It's just an interesting time. Hmm. Here's how I feel. I feel like this game is going to go in a certain direction. And that direction might lead to Brian Harson hitchhiking on 316. So if you're a Georgia fan <laughs> leaving the game and you see someone in an Auburn pullover with his thumb out, just pick up Brian Harson. Uh, I think I, I, again, I also said Georgia was going to blow out Missouri. So who knows? Um, but I do think with the home atmosphere, with what happened last week, with the mismatches that we're going to talk about in this show with what, um, Penn State was able to do to Auburn, for example. Mm-hmm. Man, it's George Auburn, right? So it's always it's always going to be a fight. Um, but Georgia's won five games in a row versus Auburn by an average score of of twenty seven to nine. Um, and I just I just don't see that stopping on Saturday. Uh, yeah, twenty eight opened at twenty eight, moved to twenty nine, which uh, it's still a head scratcher. Um, it's a large number. What is is the total still forty seven or whatever? Uh, so, let's see. I'll look yeah. for it while you. Yeah. Can. So if yeah. It, it, even if it's it hasn't moved that much, so I mean you're, that's implying a thirty nine to nine kind of game. Total is forty nine and a half. So the the total moved in that direction. So yeah. we'll forty nine to ten or. No, sorry, thirty-nine to ten kind of game. Yeah, is what they're looking for. yeah, yeah. That's the Vegas mm-hmm. thirty-nine. I mean, that's totally reasonable if you think about it. Um, mm-hmm. Auburn's D is like they're kind of a mixed bag. You know, I can it's they're sub forty percent success rate, but their rush success rates. I mean, I, I thought it was better than that. It's still like thirty-eight percent, which is middle. It's you know top thirty power five. Um, so. I, you know, I'm just every game. I've got a little bit of Munsoning going on in every game. It seems like because I just, you know, like mm. uh, I, no I don't, I don't, you, I, yeah, me, exactly. So <laughs> I just like who, I don't, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to believe the, the man the who panicked his way to a national title last season. Panic is a strong word. <laughs> is a strong I'm just giving you hard time. I, no, it was. I was. Let's just let's keep it skeptical. Keep it skeptical. Um, but Healthy now, so, yeah. Um, so like I you know, Vegas has like made a lot of money for a long time. So who am I to doubt that this yeah. team is not poised to dominate uh, again on um, on Saturday? Yeah, no, it definitely feels like one of those things where you know uh, Auburn just came off a game two weeks ago where they they won by three in overtime against the team that just gave Georgia a hard mm-hmm. night up in Columbia. Um, they held LSU to 85 passing yards last week, mm-hmm. like in another kind of they, – they've shown a strong ability to to sloppy up football games the last two weeks, which is really just the most on-brand thing ever for Auburn. Uh, I just I, – I feel like this is one of those where basically what Vegas is telling you is that the Georgia team – that you saw against Oregon and South Carolina is who they believe the real Georgia team is, not yeah. the one it's, that's been minus four in the turnover column the last yeah. two weeks. Yeah, it's the 18 and a half line of Alabama and Arkansas last week, I feel like, where you know Arkansas was coming off of a tough loss. Alabama had blown out you know Vanderbilt, but they had played a close game with Texas. Definitely feels like Vegas is doing a similar thing here where – it's a it's a big number when you look comparatively. It felt like that Alabama eighteen and a half versus Arkansas was a big number too, because Arkansas at home, et cetera. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a similar kind of. Here's game. here's Auburn's D the last three weeks. Uh, you know, Penn State obviously they got manhandled, but 
five yard under five yards per play to get against Missouri. And actually they played really well against LSU. I mean, John, you had a good tweet highlighting how mm-hmm. and how they lost. But um this is how you uh lose games when nope, where's mm-hmm. the offense last three? Mm-hmm. Uh you know, the offense last three is not good. <laughs> 41% success rate and their high watermark was against Penn state. So clearly that's some garbage time in there. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's almost a neutral, almost negative offensive pass EPA at 0.02, 37% success rate. Yeah. Uh, and even against Missouri 42, let's call it 43% success rate again, but 0.05 EPA. That is putrid. That is just not good. So as good as the defense is, and is and it's showing signs. I kind of highlighted that in the the blog post I did yesterday. That's on Dog Central. That um, as good as the defense has been growing and showing signs of of um, getting better, the offense is kind of a what's the word dumpster fire. That's the word. Mm. So, word. Uh, Graham, you have some plays, I imagine, that we can start talking about, right? Yeah, we, uh, we were, we're going to start with that that offense that, that you just alluded we to. We did not plan this. We don't ever script anything, so that was pretty cool. And Dude, it's, we've it's, just been doing this so long that, I mean, it's like right hand, left hand, you know, just, just three dudes in synchronized motion. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where else can you find three dudes in synchronized motion? Don't you don't have to answer. Lots that. of places, but you got to pay for it normally. Uh, not, all right, not zone blocking <laughs> UGO offensive line. Boom! Come on, that's true. Okay, all right, Josh, back up. Clip one. All right, here we go. So you're going to notice here. Speaking of zone blocking, uh, Auburn runs a lot of the same stretch stuff that Missouri did last week. Much like Missouri, they are going to try to get Georgia leaning one way with these play action kind of fakes and then hit the edge with misdirection. It's not successful there, but uh, you, you see the intent, you know, you saw a lot of that kind of, kind of stuff from Mizzou. Um, We should be on clip three. There we go. Uh, So yes, Robbie Ashford, uh, not a super accurate quarterback, but he will make easy throws if you let him. Uh, I got to say against LSU, he definitely showed better touch, not as many just like fastball throws. Um, But statistically, he is more accurate on throws over 20 yards than he is on throws between zero and nine or 10 to 19 yards. Uh, And then if you want to move to clip six. Oh. Oh, you missed it. There you go. Um, Don't know why these are out of order, but we're going to figure it out. All right. No worries. If you bite on Ashford as a runner, this, this is how, this is how Georgia can find themselves in trouble. This is really the only way in my personal opinion is Georgia's safeties and cornerbacks getting sucked up. You, you see the broadcast did a really good job there of, of highlighting, you know, LSU's in cover two, too high. And those safeties come down. Mm. they leave easy explosive play uh like we just said ashford's not accurate on the underneath stuff on the season 43 and a half percent of his attempts are between zero and nine yards he's only completed 56.7 percent of those passes for 170 yards 4.6 yards per an attempt um not good he is athletic but that doesn't mean he's not sackable. Uh, right tackle number 68, Austin Troxel. His back is facing you right there. He is the biggest liability in pass blocking on this Auburn offensive line. He's given up 11 total pressures and three sacks. And the nice thing for a defense is that uh, if you jump off the line and get around him, which you can, you get to fr- flush Ashford left. Ashford is a righty. He's not comfortable rolling left. So, uh Kind of a win-win there if you're you're able to get some good edge rush off that side. Uh, I think for Auburn to have a hope in this game, they have to be able to run the ball with this guy, Tank Bigsby. Uh, against LSU, he only had 12 carries for 45 yards. But, I mean, we, we know Bigsby. Like, he's, he's a good player. He can break a big play at any time. Uh, a testament to how good he is and how bad this Auburn offensive line has been for most of the year is that he's averaging 4.26 yards after contact per a rushing attempt. That is a lot. 
Uh, Georgia's running backs average somewhere in the, the range of two to two and a half yards after contact per an attempt, just for, for kind of reference there. Um, Auburn tries to use Ashford's legs at times like he is a wildcat quarterback. Uh, that's just a basic quarterback power popularized by the, you know, the early to mid-2000s Utah and Florida Gator teams under Urban Meyer. Uh, more inaccurate intermediate throw from Ashford you see here. I mean, this is a this is an easy slant, and he throws it in the dirt. So, I mean, he's very boomer bust as a quarterback, but he's not going to drive the field on you seven, eight-yard completions over and over. But, like, there, that's a nice throw. It's a coverage bust, but it is a nice throw. Um, so – I, I don't know. It's just I, I feel like every play with him is kind of a roulette. Uh, Let me find uh, LSU 38. 37. And 38. One of the things you talked about, Graham, was um, – Georgia coming up, you know, not trying to um, make sure that we don't come up on those plays where Robbie gets, you know, out of the pocket. You got a wide receiver that's going down the field. You saw that versus Mizzou, right? I mean, that happened. Exactly. Um, yeah. The Brady Cup. Right. And so I, I think, you know, I, I think that's something that was, that was probably an emphasis in practice this week. I think it's good to point out to folks because um, that, that definitely, I agree with you is, is, probably the biggest concern for me is that eye discipline of coming up and letting a receiver get behind you while he's Ashford is running around. Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent on that. And I think maybe Mizzou did Georgia a favor by kind of yeah. hitting them a couple times for that. Cause like you said, it's, it's agree. That, recency, <laughs> that recency bias, right. When that happens in a game, especially in a game where Missouri didn't have a lot of big plays and, you know, a couple, a couple of their handful of explosive plays came on on plays like that. You you can bet it's going to be an emphasis this week. So, or it was an emphasis. Yeah, and I, I, you know the the I think we talked about this on the film review show, but uh, when the camera, Miss Johnson and Lassiter having their exchange on the sideline, mm-hmm. I personally interpreted it as as that was the play they were talking about when mm-hmm. when you know. Uh, Nolan Smith kind of missed a, a sack opportunity in the backfield and yeah. the linebackers felt like they had it under control and the defensive mm-hmm. backs didn't. And I think it was one of those things of yeah. saying, you know, uh, stay, stay sound to your assignment. Let us do our job. I agree. Hey, I found 37 and I found out why my, my plays are out of order, but here we go. We're in order now. <laughs> Let's roll. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Auburn doesn't have great wide receivers. So they try to get the ball to their running backs in the pass game a lot. Uh, this is Jarquez Hunter. Uh, he's, he's a very good back. He's, he's their backup running back. You see he can do a lot after contact, after catch with the ball in his hands. Um, this is like – this is – LSU secondary is bad. Like this is just a straight coverage bust. Credit to Auburn for recognizing it, taking advantage of it. But this is not – like what you're seeing on this clip is not Auburn just like out executing good defense with, with better offense in my personal opinion. Um, this right here, another coverage bust. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of almost overthrows it, but doesn't, but I mean, I, I think a lot of Georgia fans may have seen like, Oh, this kid threw for 327 yards last week. We should be worried. Uh, that, that I think was his best throw that I've seen him make as a college quarterback right there. Like, uh, if you go back to 44 real quick, um, this, he shows some touch, but still like if you're LSU, you can't let that guy mm-hmm. behind you. Um, and Auburn's receivers are not, they're just not that good. They're, you know, they're not getting separation on anybody else. Uh, this game was kind of a red herring in that regard. Um, well, what you saw too is, is you didn't see a lot of that in the second half. Right. I mean, you saw right. this is still early in the second quarter. Auburn up 14 to nothing. They went up 17 to nothing. And then the um, halftime adjustments, even with, you know, LSU having a secondary that I think is um, significantly worse than what Auburn's going to see versus Georgia this week, they were still able to make some adjustments and, and didn't fix all of it, but fixed the majority of it. Auburn didn't score 
um, anything after that drive that you were just showing. So for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've got John Samuels. Yeah, yeah. John Samuels Shanker. He is a good tight end, uh, 25. Mm-hmm. They, you know, kind of talking back to earlier, some of that motion, get the ball on the edge stuff. Expect to see that with him. Uh, he's the best chance they have, in my opinion, of running quick game just because he's a bigger target and moves slower, and that will help an inaccurate quarterback. Um, and then their best wide receiver, number six, Javarius Johnson. He plays mostly in the slot. Uh, agile kid, 5'10", 160 pounds. His 305 receiving yards uh, on the season is almost double the next highest amount on the team averaging 19.1 yards per catch, 16 catches on 20 targets. So uh, high reception rate. If, if they throw to him, usually good things are happening. Um, we talked earlier about Jarquez Hunter. What I really want you to notice here is the blocking of 25 off the right mm-hmm. side. That's John Samuel Shanker again. Uh, Auburn's run game is at its best running off his edge. They're 5.4 yards per attempt on 48 carries when he is an inline blocker on the right or left side. So uh, when you see him line up as an inline tight end, like percentages say that Auburn is going to run behind him to that side. Uh, Auburn's offensive line is starting to play better than they were in week three, uh, but there's still a lot of potential for bust. Like, they gave up 25 total pressures and three sacks against Penn State. They can be confused easily by exotic blitzes. This is a third and 13 where Penn State brings six rushers and about four of them get into the backfield for a strip sack. Um, I I think that's going to be the interesting kind of decision for Georgia in this game. You know, uh, we don't know about the health of Mondin, but, like, we've seen Dumas Johnson look really good as an A-gap blitzer. Do they do more of that on Saturday? Um, and then last play for the offense uh, is just kind of showing you Ashford will stare down some deep routes long enough to, to let these underneath guys, the, the guys that are in kind of shorter zones, come in and jump those routes from below. So keep an eye on that Saturday. Um, you know, it's it's been a few weeks now since Georgia's had a, an interception, and I think – you know, Georgia's not losing this game unless they go minus a big number in the turnover margin. But mm-hmm. uh, I can guarantee you there's been a lot of emphasis on on winning the turnover battle over the last couple of weeks in that facility. Yeah. The, the defense, the, well, the defense, ha- just to finish up on that last point, I mean, the defense for Georgia, um, they have to create turnovers and even – even in a situation where I think Georgia is a significantly better football team than Auburn, you can't the last two weeks you've been a big time deficit in the, in the turnover department. And, um, and, you know, I think, I think Georgia's had a big focus on that too. Um, I also think if you look at Auburn, I mean, they do have the tendency to turn the ball over. I mean, maybe not Ashford as much as Finley, for example, but, um, but you can – there are balls to be had. Um, even last week, you know, Tank, Biz, Tank Bigsby fumbled the ball. He didn't lose it. He recovered it, but he fumbled the ball versus LSU last week. So, right opportunity to get there. Yep. Yeah, totally. And, I mean, <clears throat> you know, one of LSU's touchdowns came off of a uh, – basically a sack where, where Ashford, you know, yeah. fumbled the ball as he was trying to release it, and they scooped it up and yeah. scored. So, I yep. think there's definitely havoc potential uh, mm-hmm. in this game for – for Georgia defensively. Yep. You guys want to look at – or, Josh, do you have any, like, insights or stats on the, the Auburn well, offense? Um, it's bad. I think I highlighted that uh, <laughs> in their blog post. I mean, I can put some stuff up there. You know, I, sh- I showed you earlier the last three games, all versus Power 5. Uh, what we haven't noted is that um, – it seemed like they had a, a couple of, you know, misfires, offensive line, moving early kind of things in some of these games as I was cutting it up. I uh, And on that note, this is Auburn's first road game of the season. Yeah, that is true. Wild. So, yeah, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see. I, I think maybe that's why that number moved a little bit, you know, the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, towards Georgia, possibly. I think that 
Um, you know, but so this, it'll be interesting to see if, if, uh, the offensive line and the offense gets anything going and I can see that being a problem. Um, I don't know enough to know how many things come in on signals and sidelines and and that sort of stuff. If, you know, your first road game is tough for a lot of teams and, um, you know, and so it'll be, it'll be, that'll be something to watch, especially early in the game when things aren't settled for the, uh, for the offense. Yeah, I mean, the road game situation, it can be tough. It can also be a motivator, right? You can be that kind of us versus the world type situation. It really just depends on the mentality of the team. I will say just watching Auburn play at home, you know, going back to the turnovers, they've turned the ball over 12 times in five games. And so, you know, last last week they had four turnovers. And, I mean, you know, just that kind of stuff. If you you already have those tendencies and Georgia can get a takeaway early in particular in this game, that home field advantage is going to get on Auburn quickly. Um, uh, you know, we'll, see, we'll see what they're made of pretty quick, I think. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you want to look at the defense? Yes, sir. All right. All right. So the strength of this Auburn team on either side of the ball, in my opinion, is, is probably its defensive line. They are strong mm-hmm. up front. But they can be run on. Uh, LSU has a shaky offensive line, but here they're they're hitting a nice gap scheme play up the middle. Uh, I feel like we've talked a lot about gap scheme since the Missouri game, but you know what we're talking about here is guys pulling from one side of the ball to the other, creating a numbers advantage uh, for for blockers versus defenders. And uh, Auburn, we're going to show you a few plays of it, but they, they look susceptible to that. And that clicked well for Georgia in the second half against Missouri. So I feel good opportunity for Georgia to just kind of keep rolling with what worked. Uh, Auburn's linebackers are not great. Uh, Number 32, Wesley Steiner is the guy that got trucked in the hole right there. Uh, Zero is Owen Popo, former all everything recruit that hasn't really panned out. Um, Hmm. Yeah. And then, that's a nice backside angle there. You know, uh, LSU is able to open that hole really well. But Auburn does have some some talent. I, I like their interior line in particular. Uh, defensive tackle is Marcus Harris, number 50. He makes some nice plays in the hole. He's also Auburn's highest-graded run defender. Uh, Georgia struggled at the guard position this year. We've talked about that a lot on this show. And so I think that is a area that could be a potential pain point for UGA on Saturday. Uh, 55. Right there is Iku Liot. Uh, he and number 29, Derek Hall, are Auburn's best edge rushers. They have eight, or I'm sorry, Leota has 18 total pressures with four sacks on the season. He's been a very productive edge rusher. Uh, which Georgia offensive line is going to show up on Saturday, right? The one we saw at Mizzou or the Broderick Jones and Warren McClendon that we're used to seeing dominate edge rushers? Uh, this guy right here, number 25. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Let's just finish it up here. Uh, so you're going to see number 25 come in here, Colby Wooden. He manhandles this Auburn or this LSU guard, uh, the guard number 69. Uh, the recipe for Auburn in this game, right, on defense would be like we were just talking about, take advantage of that shaky guard play that, that Georgia has shown. Um, on this clip, 48, uh, you're seeing LSU able to uh, – go back, Josh, if you don't mind, please. So, yeah, LSU is, is able to get physical with Steiner and Popo in the interior, in the hole. Uh, neither of those guys are great at fighting off blocks. Popo has a 58.2 PFF run grade. Steiner has a 55.4. Um, Auburn's tried rotating a couple different guys next to Popo. Steiner seems to be the one that they've kind of decided to go with lately, but they just the linebacker play on this team is not very good. Um, Georgia should look because of that. Uh, you know, it's also not very great in pass coverage. Georgia should look to take advantage of halfback passes out of the backfield in this game. Auburn's linebackers are slow, as you can see here. They also tend to lose halfbacks on leak out plays and checkdowns. Um, here you're going to see Derek Holligan, number 29, the edge rusher. Uh, LSU, it should be noted, had offensive line problems all season. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they. They made Florida State look 
all world on the defensive line and they're not. Um, but I mean, like these guys, you know, I, I don't know. Auburn in good or bad years always seems to have a couple guys on the defensive line that can create some problems. Um, so here is Troxel uh, in pass protection. Um, did we skip? Did we miss a play? No, I think we're good. Okay. I got this is Penn uh, State. This is uh yeah, you, you had Hall and then we there's a yeah, we're on a clip. Is that 15 or yep. Penn State? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So oh I'm sorry, Troxel is the right tackle we were talking about earlier. Uh 68. Um for some reason I I mixed a offensive play into the defensive side. My bad, guys. But there you can see 68th mm -hmm. offensive tackle, as we noted earlier, not too good. Um Chance for Georgia to take advantage. Uh, back to Auburn's defense. I, the best offensive line that Auburn's defense has faced was Penn State. And you see here working those interior gaps. Like Penn State ran all over these guys. Um, and I think one thing that's worth noting as you see this backside hole here, uh, like this is a chance, I think, for Georgia's offensive line to kind of have a get right game. But, mm -hmm. uh, Auburn's passing defense stats look very good, but go down the schedule. Like, who's the best quarterback they face? Probably Sean Clifford, right? And he played like three quarters. Um, Penn State picks on number six here, Keontae Scott. If we can roll that back one more time. Um, a lot of teams have had success throwing on him. He's, he's given up 14 catches on 16 targets. That's a really high reception percentage. Uh, and he's given up 15.4 yards a catch. These are not like short underneath routes. Um, one thing that's interesting is against Penn State, uh, Auburn's defenders were uh, – in everyone except for number four, DJ James, mm -hmm. the uh, kind of number two boundary corner. If you take him out of the equation, the rest of the defense was targeted 17 times and gave up 16 receptions for 207 yards. So, not great. Not too, yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, like Penn State is a good football team, but yeah, I don't, but. I don't think of them as a team that has a bunch of explosive guys on the outside that are just out athleting everybody. No, agree. Yeah. Once again, right. excellent work. Gave us the players we need to know off on both sides of the ball for Auburn, and I think we got uh, a couple of plays left, Josh. We yeah. do. I don't think I got. Where are we? We got clip twenty four and clip seventy four. I thought we did seventy four. All right, oh. don't yell at me. I'm sensitive. I'm not. I'm not yelling at you. We're good. <laughs> That's a just rolling, bro. Twenty four. Twenty four bucks. All right. More, <laughs> more gap scheme that we were talking about earlier. You're gonna see a nice, uh, nice reverse angle here. That right guard for Penn State pulls around the center, comes and tees up. Auburn's defensive end tight end pulls into the hole as well. And Sean Clifford, who is by no means a athletic threat. This is not Michael Vick. We're talking about gets a nice clear seven yard path into the end zone. Um, <laughs> Sean Clifford is not Michael Vick. We're talking about is probably the best quote that I've heard on this show. So it's the truest thing I've ever seen on the show. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely. Uh, That's what you come here for. The facts. And Sean Clifford is not Michael Vick. That is a fact. Um. Big facts. <laughs> and yeah, last thing is just kind of uh, the second half looked like Penn state, big chunk runs. But uh, I, I, the reason I put this on here is because well, if you look at Popo on this play, again, the linebacker number zero, uh, I was talking earlier about how he's just not that fast. Like, if if Georgia stacks two tight ends off the right side like that, like Penn State does here, and and gets a hole to open, uh, he's just not a guy that like is gonna run run down too many running backs laterally. Um, so, I, I think he can thump in the middle uh, mm -hmm. if he comes clean, but I think there's a really big opportunity in this game for Georgia to get back to some of that stuff they did against Oregon and South Carolina with the swing passes and the screens. Um, yeah. And Josh, you have some stuff on Auburn's defense yeah. versus power, right? Right. I, I just wanted to talk. I mean, everyone's been 
keying in the run game and I've certainly talked, written and talked about it. You've talked about it. We had George on, George Foster on. If you haven't checked that video out, please subscribe to the YouTube channel and check it out. It's on the dogcentral.com because George came in. We The audio is less than ideal, but you can certainly learn a lot even um, even with the technical issues we got. And we showed some of the plays and we highlighted the, you know, the possibly, a, a you know, maybe some gap versus zone stuff. So, um, you know, inside zone, inside, you know, inside power is a lot of any college football team's offense. Georgia runs that primarily. Um, and it's not been running. I'm trying to throw this stat up here real fast. Um, let's see if I can drop it in there. Nope. But uh, Georgia's over 56% on these, on, on these plays. Uh, outside zone, 12. They've actually um, – uh, actually allowed 8.2, but that was on one big, I think that's one of those one big chunk runs. But, you know, the uh, inside power is 2.7, 4.8, 5.0 Those aren't great numbers, but the success rate is still over 50%. So I'm just going to roll some footage and let, if you guys are cool with that, let me, let me find it here sure. and, and talk about what we're seeing. And maybe is this something we're going to see? more of on Saturday or do you think we're going to just not play? I mean, I'm, I'm not predicting a man ball game or anything like that, but these are all these types of, you know, they're just thrown together. You know, some of them are successful, some of them are not. See if you see anything that jumps out at you. But my theory and my thing is that Georgia gets the yards they need to get. Um, and that's why they have a high success rate and not a great yards per play. And I think that Monken is, you know, you have, you cannot abandon these plays. You cannot abandon the run. You have to run between the tackles or off tackle between these gaps, whether it's zone blocking or gaps, uh, you know, gap technique or whatever. But you know, there's a five yard run on first down, you know, not, not explosive, not, you know, but successful. And these, those are, you know, like I've always said, you know, these are, these are stats that some, you know, like an old school guy is going to say, keeping the offense on schedule and an analytics guy is going to say it's success rate. So these are all the same thing. So how do we, how do we feel about the run game as we watch some of these plays? And at the end of this, you're going to see what um, uh, LSU did against uh, those same concepts that they, they called up against the Auburn D. And yeah, I, I mean, I, you can see when they, when they stretch out, this is when they, when they get to the edges, this is where Georgia's the running backs have been the best. Right, exactly. I think that's definitely correct. Uh, I mean, this is actually kind of a, you know, Rattledge misses the block, but that's kind of like the same zone stretch play that we talked about Missouri running on Georgia a lot. Um, and here's, you know, everyone's saying Milton doesn't get, you know. Actually, no, it's that, not, but that's okay. I mean, here's a play where uh, Milton makes something out of nothing. You know, that was blown up in the backfield and, and you know. He, yeah. He got a touchdown. Milton averaged like 10 yards of carry against Mizzou on Saturday night. Um, yeah, there's a four-yard gain. It's still, like, it's like these these plays are successful enough, even if they're not explosive. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I, you were kind of talking earlier specifically about the power stuff, and, and you know, I think, like, that's what worked for Georgia in the second half, right, uh, was the, the inside power. That That's where those big chunk runs up the middle were coming off of. I mean, Georgia ran – inside power read six times in that game against Missouri for 10.3 yards of play. So like that was very, very effective for them um, in terms of running just traditional inside power without the read aspect on it. Uh, they had five of those concepts. Um, so I, like, I, I think you're going to see it a lot, right? Like that's, that's something that we've, we've kind of, become accustomed to under under Todd Mockin. And I think if you're a Georgia fan, like the mm. the power stuff is good. I mean, the, the one thing that is kind of interesting is that when they, they had the inside power replays, they averaged 10 yards a pop, but on just traditional inside power, it was one yard at an attempt on five attempts. So um, yeah. that's kind of odd, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, a, 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 and of all those inside zone, all these concepts, they've only got two explosive monk and explosive 12 yards or more plays this season. And they're still averaging 50% success rate. So I think they're going to get better. We talked a little bit, this offensive line is going to gel. Maybe they stop, you know, subbing guys in. Maybe they find their five guys that are going to, they're going to run with. 
And I, I expect this this running game to get going, and it might get going on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, here's two here's two things to to think about. Um, Georgia is averaging a little over two yards um, after contact per rush. Owen Popo has nine point eight percent missed tackle rate. Um, you have a couple of other guys that are that are north of eight um, percent missed tackle rate on Auburn's defense. You got you got some that are even as bad as um, a lot of them are defensive interiors, so that's going to happen. But you got some that are you know like twenty six percent missed tackle rate, right? And I think um, that yards after contact. I I think what happened at Mizzou when you think about what Kirby said about what Darnell Washington said at halftime. He wants to line up and, and move people. What Georgia did in that second half, I think that's definitely something that Georgia is going to try to build on on this game. Um, but I don't think them. I don't see them going away from you know their offensive identity that they've that they've established so far this year. Just because of what, what I know, we're going to talk about the the liabilities on Auburn's defense, but it's it's the linebackers, and that's like you know, I mean that's prime. Prime cooking for both the screen game, for both getting the ball uh, in the hands of running backs and tight ends um, in the screen game, but also it, it could also be prime picking for if you're if you have a lead in mid third quarter to line it up and just try to run it run it down their throat. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I, th- I know the the points you're making, Josh, are all good points. I'm very interested to see. Very interested to see what Georgia decides to do. I think they're going to go after the jugular pretty early in the game with just putting mismatches on those linebackers. And then from there, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I I think one thing that I would give Todd Mockin kudos for on Saturday night is that he never abandoned the running game. Um I know Stetson Bennett had, you know, 43 attempts in that game, but like they kind of let the pass game settle things down a little bit and then came back and had, you know, 15 carries for 106 yards in the fourth quarter on the ground, which is very, very effective, efficient football. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, you know, we, we have made a lot about the, the gap scheme stuff on this show, but one thing that is worth noting is that on that final drive, that, that Dejan Edwards death march to end the game. Uh, there was a, a few successful zone plays that they ran, like by mm-hmm. finally finding something that worked with, the, with the power kind of gap mm-hmm. scheme concepts. Uh, they were able to go back and hit stuff on some inside zone type of plays, like specifically inside zone read. Um, so I guess point being, I'm very curious to see like what, you know, what Georgia's run game identity is going to be on Saturday because they've been 50-50 gap per zone, which George Foster told us is is kind of rare. Um, but I, I'm not like if Georgia was able to basically turn things around in that game against Mizzou and run for 100 yards in the last 15 minutes. I'm not worried about Georgia's run game going forward. Like, I don't think that there's a, a huge level of alarm that should be sounded because we saw them figure it out. I think the the big key probably for Georgia is that, like, if, if something's not working early mm-hmm. in this game on the ground, then try, you know, like, try the other thing, right? I, I think it did take a little too long maybe on Saturday for them to to start trying some of those, those gap scheme concepts. But – um, I think we should be able to move this defensive line no matter what. The, the, you know, LSU and Georgia have a very similar rush sort of metrics, you know, there, and that's kind of interesting to see. It wasn't always explosive and pretty. You know, you saw the, the big touchdown on a busted, you know, on a missed tackle there in the middle, in the middle of that. But, um, you know, they're, they're that it's not a, a team, they, they get the job done. And I think that's kind of what interests me is like, both LSU and Georgia, like I said, they're very similar statistically in the run, in the run game. And, um, you know, I, I expect that, that Georgia kind of made note of that and that they're going to, like you say, that some of these, they're, these, they're going to run the ball at them. I really do feel like it's, it's going to be a very balanced game. I don't think they're, they're anywhere close to a in the run. And 
maybe this is the game that you know the the running backs in the O line get healthy on, like you said. I, I do think you know uh, the success rate stuff is a good sign, right? Like it's a, it, it means that Georgia is situationally successful and getting first mm-hmm. downs on you know on plays where maybe they're only running for three yards, but it was third and two, right? But I, right. I do. I do think like if you look at Georgia right now and you look at the red zone struggles that they had last week, uh, like Georgia needs some plays where they score from far for, for lack of a better term. Like I think that you, you finally saw some, some of those 12 plus yard runs against Mm -hmm. Mizzou in the second half. Like that's, that's how Monken terms explosive runs. Right. Um, But they, they definitely need more of that. And I think like if they, are able to – I'm not talking about getting under center and popping a 15-yard run every other play, but if they're able to get maybe three or four of those uh, a half, like mm-hmm. that I think makes you – I think it makes things a lot easier once you get into the red zone. And, you know, I, I think when the field shrinks right now, Georgia's struggling a little bit because they have been that offense that's just getting you know, six, seven, eight yards of pop all the way down the field – and then things get mm-hmm. tight, and those underneath throws aren't there as much. So that, that's the thing that I'm kind of keeping my eye on for Saturday. Um, I think the advantage, as John just alluded to with, with Auburn's linebackers, is that you those are guys who I think Georgia can create space against if they get them matched up in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I made some notes here on just kind of – what those guys are giving up. But I mean, Steiner, he's been targeted six times, given up six catches, 72 yards, 62 yards of, of those 72 yards came after the catch. He has a 40% missed tackle rate on pass plays. Popo, uh, seven receptions allowed on eight targets, 65 yards after the catch, 20% missed rate on pass plays. Cam Riley, the other guy they, they put in at linebacker is, 10 receptions allowed on 11 targets, 79 yards after the catch allowed. You know, he's given up 75 yards receiving this year, and the average depth of target and coverage has been negative 0.3 yards. So teams are getting a lot of yards after the catch on on these screens and swing passes we were just talking about. Um, Yeah, and I mean, remember that Nehemiah Pritchett, uh, the guy that's Auburn's number one corner right now, like, you know, one of the, the things that kind of helped put the show on the map last year was was us talking about before the Auburn game, like this guy can be had in, in coverage mm-hmm. and that, that's who Lad burned twice on double moves. So I think there's opportunities for Georgia to go out and make plays in one-on-one coverage all over the field. And the good news if you're a Georgia fan is that like they were, I believe, five of 18 passing against man coverage last Saturday against Mizzou. Um, I think Auburn's going to be in a lot of trouble if they stay in man coverage. So they'll probably play a lot of zone. And we just saw Stetson Bennett do a really great job of, of shredding his own. I mean, like all, all those third and long plays over the middle to Blaylock and Roseme and those guys, like that was Georgia playing against zone coverage. So I think the, the passing game – could go off on Saturday in a pretty major way. And I think we might finally see some explosive, you know, kind of 40, 50, 60 yard touchdown pass type of plays that we haven't really seen so far this year. Offense gets going. Graham coffee said it first. Maybe not first. I'm sure somebody said it on a board. Big takes, big take, hot takes. Um, I'm expecting a little bit of a slog to be honest. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Georgia's going to be in control you? of the game. Yeah, me. That's me. <laughs> um, you know, you know, Georgia has not run the ball they well as inside the 25 and 30 yard line. You know, that's where and that's where some of these drives have been bogged down is not getting the I mean, I talk about those getting the yards they they need to and they do get them and they have converted on a good amount of them, but the, it, the efficiency does bog down in the red zone. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not great. And you've seen that and you've seen a lot of field goals. And, I, you know, we put it on, I said it on the text thread. I was like, I don't really don't like seeing my field goal kicker leading the SEC in points scored. So uh, <laughs> um, I would really, 
it, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we just, you know, like we get some of these big plays and we blast them up the middle and we start scoring and we roll. I'm expecting uh, like a 35, 10 game, you know, 30, you know, I don't think we're going to get to 40. I don't think Kirby even wants to get to 40. I think he's going to keep running the ball, especially in the second half. If we've got a lead, not giving them any chance to get extra possessions. I do think that Auburn, it could get, it, it could, it could be a boat race for Auburn too, as, as bad as that offense is. If, if the defense, if they don't get any big plays, if they don't get any busted coverages, if they don't get any big missed tackles from the defense um, and they play sound, good quality defense, it, it mm-hmm. just could be, it could be ugly too. So those are my two scenarios. <laughs> cover the total hedge but um yeah that i i just that offense is bad god it's bad yeah and i mean we just haven't really seen them like at least under ashford go on a touchdown i mean they had a 14 play drive to start the mizzou game that was all rushes Mm -hmm. uh you know i i mean stranger things have happened but I just I don't see a world where a Kirby Smart defense is getting run down the field for a touchdown drive on 14 plays. Like so, something's gonna break in there somewhere. Um, yeah, I think like if, if Georgia doesn't bust coverages, I don't know how Auburn scores touchdowns in this game. I, I just really don't. Yeah, yeah, uh, Auburn. You know, so they're in FBS games. Um, they are 69th in opponent average time possession. Um, so their defense is staying on the field <laughs> a long yeah. time. And I think some of that comes down to, you know, the types of teams that they've played, right? Penn State, LSU, teams that are going to run the ball, hold the ball. Um, but but their offense is not doing anything for them in terms of getting that defense uh, some rest. And so I, for me, I don't feel like – Again, I said this last week about Mizzou, so I want to own that. But I, I mean it. I really mean it this time. I really mean it this time. <laughs> no, um, I, I mean, so what happened at Mizzou when you think about night game on the road in the SEC, you have a halftime moment where you have leaders step up and address the team. The tone changes the second half. You dominate, you know, at both lines of, of scrimmage. Um outside of, you know, a couple plays. Like, I think I think that's a momentum builder. And I also think with this being Georgia being at home, a 330 kick, Sanford Stadium, one of the biggest recruiting weekends of the season for Kirby Smart. Um, I just don't I just don't see a way where it where it can be a slog. I don't think Auburn's defense, it might, you know, maybe they'll maybe it'll be a rock fight for a little while. Maybe you know a few possessions, but um, I don't see I don't see any way that Auburn's defense doesn't doesn't just get worn down pretty quickly because their offense I feel like is going to be a lot of three and outs. Yeah, and when that starts happening, it's just like all right, you get Brock Bowers on a on a sweep, and <laughs> the whole defense has to chase him down the field, and then Robbie Ashford and company come out there and go three and out, and then all of a sudden you get Lab McConkey on a screen like that stuff feels like it's going to happen a lot. And, yeah, I mean um, to to your point, we talked about it. This is the first road game for Auburn this yeah. season. The yep. defense have been on the field for over, I think, over 160 snaps versus Mizzou and LSU. I mean, uh, and I'm not, no, you know, no buy, no buy. So the defense is, is could potentially be gassed. I don't know, Graham. Maybe you do having doing all this analysis, how deep they go on defense, but I would expect not very, that it's not not, not very, very deep. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, Takio Spikes was on 100 Sanford last night, and that was a big thing that he pointed out was just the the lack of depth on, on the yeah. defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So I just don't, for those reasons, I just don't see any way really, you know, I think George is going to be able to, to wear the defense out um, early. There's not depth there. And, and I don't, I mean, Mizzou feels like such an enigma because of those few plays and the missed tackles. Um, if Georgia comes out missing tackles on tank Bigsby and Jarko Hunter, then we're in trouble. But I just don't. Again, I just, I just think all the momentum is in Georgia's favor coming into this game of what's on the line, where it's played, what it means for you know the people uh, in the audience, and um, and what it means for the players, right? I mean, Georgia, you know, 
they're, they're for the first time this year, Georgia is in a situation where, where I really feel like they're, they, they feel a little bit like their backs against the wall, even though it's not their number two team in the country, but I really feel like they're feeling, yeah, know, they felt, they felt the margin get tighter for sure. Yeah, they did. I don't think back and, against the wall, but they, weeks, they definitely realized in a row. Yeah, two weeks in a row, they're coming in. It's like, all right, it's it's time. You're it's go back to what Kirby said last year, right? I feel like this is a you're either elite or you're not kind of game for Georgia, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's is you know, well, the real Slim Shady, please stand up kind of situation, right? Like, which Georgia team is the the real Georgia team? Is it the one we saw against Oregon and South Carolina? Or is it the one that we saw against Missouri and Kent State? Even though they never punted against Kent state. So I I feel like there's been a lot more made out of that game than probably should have been. But uh, I think the only way this goes bad for Georgia is, you know, you're, you're missing Jalen Carter in the middle of that defense. And this linebacker room is not very healthy. We know that. Right. Um, you, You know, I think everyone has some sort of, like nagging injury or, you know, something going on with the exception to Dumas Johnson at this point. Uh, and, you know, just Auburn's able to run you to death. We've never seen that happen under Kirby Smart. So that's not where I'm going to place my my money yeah. or confidence. Um, I think that the first quarter of this game is really, really important, though. I think, like, that – you know, this Auburn team, I think, is a very is in a very fragile place, psyche wise. Uh, you know, you you did win that game against Mizzou, but like you just blew a 17 point lead at home, where you gave up 85 passing yards, and your your quarterback that we all know is very inaccurate somehow managed to give you 340 something passing yards on his side, and you still didn't win. So I, I think this is one of those where it's like if Georgia can. You know, if Georgia comes out and scores a touchdown, gets a three and out, goes down, scores again, like this thing could get sideways very, very quickly just because I I don't think there's much belief left in, in this Auburn team right now. And, you know, there you saw the bravado from the, the center in the press conference, but, like, I think that did Georgia a huge, huge favor. Uh, and I think a lot of these young defensive tackles and – defensive linemen that, that are going to have to fill in on Saturday probably took that kind of personally and are going to want to show something. Um, so that makes me feel better about Georgia's opportunity to, to play the run. But I just – I don't think Georgia came out very focused or motivated against Missouri, and I, I think they will in this football game. And it, from, you know, what I've been told, like they've had a very uh, focused and intense week of practice. So – We'll which, see. Uh, which, which is a little different than what we heard last week, for what it's worth. I didn't yeah. hear. I mean, I, I heard. I heard good practices. I didn't hear intense practices. Um, I think some. I, I personally think something changed in the second half of the Missouri game, and I think it's going to carry over. Um, also, the good news for Auburn is no matter what happens um, Saturday in Sanford Stadium, they've got to go to Ole Miss at Vaught Hemingway Stadium next week so <laughs> nothing nothing gets easier for for auburn um and uh and and i think this stretch just that dogfight in overtime with missouri what happened with lsu it was a night game at home um and then coming to San Francisco stadium for your first road game i, I just think it's gonna be too much for him all right a couple things we got coming up first off please oh, check oh, out oh, oh. i'm not gonna oh. you go i yield my time good Graham. what you got I need score predictions. From yeah, you let's do it. Uh, 35-10. <laughs> okay. Wait. 35-10. You, you asked for my score predict- prediction. I think <laughs> Georgia's going to score. Not 30. All right. Let me. Uh, that's no field goals. All right. 38-10. Wow. Oh, it got bigger. Wow. Okay. It got bigger. All right. Wow. But that's I not a it. cover. No, no, but I love it. No, I love it. I love, I love that we went from slog that's an under. That's an under and a cover and, and no cover, right? You right. think Auburn scores a touchdown then, huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Is it on the backups or the first team? Um, I think they're going to get a touchdown in the first half. Okay. So, I yeah, Tank, I mean, I, I think Tank's too good. I, I think, I think the, the the defense is definitely 
of the Ben don't break. And I, you know, they're only they're They've got to get tank involved. They're going to give it all, you know, they're going to feed him a lot. So but I think they haven't like, that's what I, I mean, I, they're, they're on the road. They don't want to put the ball. They're not going to let Ashford throw it a lot. I, I, you know, I understand what you're the game saying, until they're down. So I, I can yeah. see tank getting, you know, I can see a, a I can see a twenty eight seven halftime score and, and just some I, death marching in the second. I understand what you're saying, but Tank Bigsby, they, he ran it nineteen times for forty four yards versus Missouri, twelve times yeah. for forty five yards versus LSU. Like, yeah. All right, I'm an idiot. What's yours? What you got? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not saying that about you. I'm saying I, I agree know. with you. They have to get Tank involved. Like, if they have any hope to win this game. Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bigsby have to be impact players for the game. I just don't I just haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, you know. He he carried the ball nine times for 39 yards versus Penn State. It's like I just Josh, Josh Poo Poo's the offense. Everyone drink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my score prediction, uh, I'm going 41 to 6. Uh, I don't think Auburn scores a touchdown. Damn. I think they get two field goals. I think Georgia has a couple a couple field goals. But I, I personally, I think this is going to be, uh, you know, the largest margin of victory. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and then Ooh. so you, everyone watching this, you can clip Ooh. it on YouTube when I'm wrong. You can clip it on YouTube and post it on Twitter and point out that I'm wrong. The largest margin of victory in this series ever was 41 points by Georgia in like 1946. In 2011 and 2012, Georgia won 30, uh, 45 to seven and 38 to nothing. Right. I don't think we're going to get, I don't think we're going to cross that 41 point uh, victory to, uh, to set the record, but I think we're going to come pretty close. I think this is going to feel like a 2011 and 2012 game personally. And so clip it when I'm wrong. And when I'm right, you can guarantee you, I'm going to clip it and put it out there. So there we go. <laughs> All right. I like it. Uh, I am going, you know, I, I've had like nine in my, my head all week is the number of points that Auburn scored in this game. And then realized that their team total is nine and a half in this game, uh, which made me kind of like that nine number even more. But their field goal kicker has been struggling. Anders Carlson. Uh He's, he's had a bad kind of go of things lately. Um, I am going to say to six. I think what? they probably, I don't know. I think there's, there's actually shutout potential in this game though, because like, yeah. I think that Auburn, you know, I think they may hit a field goal or two here and there, but like, yeah. I think they're going to have to like last year's game, they're going to have to go for it on fourth down in Georgia's end of the field if they get down there. And I don't think they'll get very many of them because I don't think Robbie Ashford is accurate on zero to nine yard passes. I know he's not. I've seen the stats. I've seen the tape. So give us your score one more time, Graham. Oh, 45 to six. 45. Uh, I I you said 56 because you broke up there. So 45, six. Oh, sorry. All right. 38, 10, 41, six, 45, six. If any of those happen, I will be a very, very happy person on Saturday. Thirty-nine point right. win, smash the. All right, couple things. I'm gonna like talk. We are going to be live at the Glass Building, which is on Millage, across from the Thetica House. I don't have the address, but we'll certainly tweet it out. It's very near the corner of Baxter and uh, Millage, right there in the heart of uh, Greek Row. There. We're very excited to be – we are a guest of the UGA Rugby Club. We're going to have those guys on and talk about UGA Rugby, and, and it's actually a very long history at the University of Georgia as a club team, and these guys are a lot of fun, and they're super excited to be hosting Dog Central Live, and uh, they want to be partners with us as we go and try to do a lot of shows over in Athens on Saturday. So we've got some special guests, and it's going to be fun. Uh, a little different than our show in Oregon, but it was a proof of concept, and now we're, we're going to – we're going to do it again. We're going to try and attempt to invite you guys to come on with your score predictions live on Dog Central Live. And then on Saturday night, we're going to cut it up and have some fun and talk about the game and talk about college football on Saturday night on a similar show. Uh, so we're going to be on air a lot, right? Is that the plan, John? That's I, 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 me and, I have committed this week to doing a Saturday night show. I'm going to the game. I will be there 
for the live show in the morning. We'll be tailgating, then we'll be at the game. No guarantee what kind of shape I am in, which is oh, going to make for great content. It's going to make for great content. We don't. But want I have you committed in shape. We but I not. have committed to being on Saturday night. So, uh, right. and we will get Dog Central members will be able to join that live with us and just react to whatever happens on Saturday. Not just for Georgia, uh, but even across college football because college football is fun. We got some good games this weekend. Yeah, um, and, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. It's a big weekend, um, and sort of kind of like the last. I don't want to. I don't want to look too far ahead past Vanderbilt, but for being real, uh, this is the last big game before the the cocktail party. So we're gonna have some fun. And Graham, I hope you're gonna be able to join us for some of that. I know you dig deep and watch a lot of football for us on and break it down for us and tweet and write posts and everything. But I hope you'll uh, cut up with us for a little bit. And say yeah, like, Love there it. it is. Thumb, thumbs up. It'll be fun. All right. I'll be there. I'll, I'll cut up with you. Hell yeah, you will. I love anyway. cutting up. <laughs> we, somebody's got to be there to. Never mind. No, no. We'll I was going to talk about your feelings, Josh. I was going to talk about your feelings, Josh, but we'll talk. Oh. <laughs> I'm married with two teenagers, man. I got no feelings. Me bro. too. I have a 13 year old. Listen, there are no feelings. Uh, all right. All right. It's been fun. We're we're this has been a, a dog central production. We're gonna be doing this on well, you if you watch it on the premiere, if you didn't watch it on the premiere and you watched it on replay on, on YouTube, thank you. But also we're gonna premiere these. So if you want to get in on the chat and talk to us while we these shows go on, um look out for those. And the what best way to find out about when they're on is to subscribe to the YouTube channel, right? Correct. Yes, sir. They said yes. They said yes. All right, we're get, we're out of here. Graham's already tweeting. All right, we'll see you guys. See ya.